Hello and welcome to St Matt's Church. St Matt's is a warm and welcoming church situated in High Brooms on the edge of Tunbridge Wells in Kent. You can find out more about our church by visiting our website www.stmattschurch.org.uk Jesus welcomed everyone that came to him and we want to follow his example so we extend a warm welcome to everyone young or old, male or female, parent or child you are all welcome at St Matt's. No matter what your circumstances, we want to encourage you to join us, be that physically in the building, or via our Facebook page, YouTube channel, or through this podcast. This autumn we have a series of talks about finding God in the different stages of life, and today we hear Chris speak about finding God on a journey. Lord, we just pray that you would open our ears so that we may hear your voice. Open our minds so we receive your eternal wisdom. Open our spirits so that we may know your leading and guidance. And open our hearts so that we may receive your wonderful love. Amen. just as we are let's just bow our heads Lord we just thank you that we can come as children into your presence assured of your arms open to welcome us Lord thank you that we are precious in your sight that we're known by you that we're loved by you And just kind of whatever situation of life we're in today, Lord, would you just give us that assurance that we are, that we are, we are precious, cherished, valued, loved, welcomed, accepted by you, Lord. Amen. Good morning. Welcome. Isn't it lovely to have the sun out again? Um, this term, we are, we've kind of got a, a, a bit of an overall theme to draw a number of different things together. We're talking about finding God in different seasons of life. It's a bit of a coverall for a lot of different subjects, actually. But there's kind of a common factor to all of these talks. Uh, and that's the season that we're living in, that I would still describe as that post-COVID, possibly now, Kind of, you could almost kind of describe it now as the new economically unstable season as well. So, kind of to go alongside of that, um, kind of, it's a time when things are still not what they were. Life has not gone back to normal. If your life has gone back to normal, I am really pleased for you. But it feels like for many of us, life has not gone back to normal. Um, and it feels to me like even what we're living in now is not a new normal. It feels like We've yet to discover what the future holds and what life is going to be like, um, and, um, and kind of and how things are going to move forward. Now, and it may not be, it may be true in your life, it may not. It's certainly true, I would say, in church life. Church has changed dramatically, um, 
Um, and, and it's great to be back in church and worshipping together and we're really thrilled that people are still with us online. But there is this sort of sense of being separated, of not being together, of there not being as many of us as they were, of not being able to do the things we did before. There's so many kind of questions and those lead into, well, what should it look like now? And it is what it is now, but where we're going is another matter. Um, and it feels to me like we still don't know the ultimate destination. If we knew it, it would be a lot easier to take steps to get there. Um, it's true of church life. I think it's also true of all of our lives. They've been changed, they're unsettled. We're all trying to find a way forward. And we're all wondering actually now what the, the economic things are going to do to impact that as well. Um, and so that's kind of a common thread for all of us. And yet we're all at different stages and in different seasons in our lives. And so we're going to be reflecting on what it means to live in this kind of, this age we're all living in from a variety of different perspectives. Kind of finding God in the autumn years of our lives when we're retired. Finding God in the sandwich years when, we're, when we have the challenge of raising our own children and the new challenge of also suddenly finding ourselves responsible for our parents as well. And we're torn in both directions um, finding God in the difficult times when God seems to be silent when we cry out for answers to our prayers and we don't kind of hear answers coming back um, in the way that we would hope for them um, finding God in grace not out of legalism and duty out of freedom so kind of that, that's kind of where we are this term Today, I want to talk about finding God on the journey, hence our reading, Abraham's journey um, into Canaan. Um, many ways, all of life is a journey. Kind of this, this whole term reflects that journey. We're all at different stages of that journey. Kind of, it's a little bit odd. I can't quite get my head around like, I'm, the, I'm now the, like, the oldest in our family. That means I'm the next one to fall off my perch. That's kind, of a, that's kind of a bit of a surreal feeling to have. I don't know whether any of you can enter and kind of, kind of enter into that and kind of get that one. You might not want to think about that. That might not be why you came to church this morning, to be reminded of your mortality by the vicar. Others, others of us are at different stages on the journey. Doesn't mean they're less challenging stages on the journey. Um, so all of life is a journey. Um, but within it, there are many significant lesser journeys through death or suffering, through seasons of doubt. Um, and our faith too reflects a journey, a journey to faith, becoming a Christian, discovering God uh, and wanting you know, our lives to be connected with God and that to be at the heart um, of who, who, who we are. You know, as a Christian, kind of sort of the call to go deeper with God, that's like an inner journey if you like. Um, and today I just want to reflect a little bit on my journey and I hope you kind of, kind of give me the license to do that. It kind of partly comes out of the fact that I just feel like I want to be able to reflect a little bit on what I was thinking about on my study leave and the reasons for it. Um, but kind of it also just feels like it's always good just from time to time for the vicar to kind of share where he is. Um, kind of it helps all of us kind of set our radars really. Um, so kind of 
I would say what my study leave has done for me more than anything else is to make me realise that I personally am on a journey. And, and I guess I, I've known that for a while, but it's kind of crystallised that. Um, and, and, and it's a little bit like the sort of journey that I've already been describing. Um, I know I'm on a journey. To some degrees, I know what I'm journeying from, and it's not comfortable to be leaving it behind. But actually, and there's many, in many ways, actually, I don't know personally where my ultimate destination is on that journey. Um, and um, I'm not quite sure how I fit three months um, into 20 minutes, but I will get to the passage at the end of what I'm saying because it has huge relevance for this journey. Um, the theme of my study leave, if, you've, if you're new to church and you weren't around, is imago deo. It's the Latin for what it means to be made in the image of God. And it comes out of that creation account where God says, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness. Um, and many of you will know that for a long while I've been living with questions about what does it mean for us to be made in God's image? Um, that questioning kind of initially comes out of issues of sexuality and gender, um, and I'll touch on that as well. Hearing gay people speak about their identity in relation to their sexuality, um, but it, it but it's kind of but it but it flows into lots of other areas too, and I'll, I'll kind of take you on my journey into those as well. Um, I can trace probably the beginnings of this journey back to 2014 and to what became two incredibly significant events for me. Um, the first was listening to a broadcast on the radio in the car. I can remember exactly what I'd been doing. I'd been taking a wedding at St Peter's. I got in the car. Radio 4 was on, as it always is when I'm driving the car. And... Um, and, 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 you, and normally I listen to it when I'm in the car and I get out of the other end and kind of I've had a snippet and I carry on with my life. Um, but on this occasion, it was one of those kind of BBC Sounds things when they were dissecting the significance of a song. And a number of different people were talking about how that song had impacted their lives. And I was so caught up in this discussion that I couldn't get out of the car. I stayed with it um, in the car until the end of the programme because I couldn't leave it behind. Uh, and some of you will know the song. It was Libby Safri's um, song, Something Inside So Strong. Quick wave of hands. Some of you know it. Oh, that's, that's good. That's a starting point. Um, and, and its lyrics are about discrimination and rejection um, and people trying to be who they are. Uh, and it's not surprising it became an anthem of the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa. The, I won't try and sing it to you, that would be disastrous. Um, the higher you build your barriers, the taller I become. The further you take my rights away, the faster I will run. You can deny me, you can decide to turn your face away, no matter, because there's something inside so strong. This inner conviction that will not allow someone to be put down by others for who they are or how they're made. Um, and, um, and as I listened to it, 
Um, people that were homeless talked about how they had connected with that song. People who were black talked about how they had connected with that song. People that were gay talked about how they had connected with that song. And then they also kind of had Libby Safri talking about the story of how the song came to be written. And I haven't got time to tell you the whole story. But what I hadn't realised that was that whilst it was written in response to the Sharpfield shootings and some events that were happening in this country, um, the depth of emotion in it came from something different. And it was only as Libby Safry was talking about kind of how he wrote the song one night at his piano, trying to compose a song about the disadvantaged and the challenges facing young black people, that um, he kind of he had this massive burst of emotion about his own identity, which flowed into the writing of that song. Um, and, and it kind of started a whole load of questioning for me, really. Um, and um, he talks about his awareness of being gay at the age of four. And, and I'll just let Labby speak for yourself. Um, most of the homosexuals that I know have told me that the kind of average age of which they knew they were gay, it was around six years of age. I myself knew when I was four. Your sexuality is what you are. And I fairly early on, when I started reading the papers, realised that I was considered a wicked, evil, disgusting, immoral person because I was homosexual. Nobody talked about gay at that time. And as the years went on, I realised that there was a debate about the validity of my very existence. Now, I don't know how that makes you feel when you hear that. But when I heard him say that, something broke inside me. Something utterly broke that people could, at the age of four, six, ten, whatever, feel like that and be made to feel like that by other people. And it just started me feeling unsettled with my worldview, which is classically orthodox, biblical, which is very black and white about sexual issues. Started raising all sorts of questions for me. And the second event, which took place the same year, um, was with Vicky Beeching, who kind of we have met at New Wine because we've been involved in leading summer conference and stuff like that, um, and knew her from leading worship there, coming out as gay and telling her story, initially to the independent newspaper, then writing her autobiography, and hearing the story of a young Christian woman desperately trying to live by the same values that I upheld and believed in, um, Speaking of the battle to be different from how she knew she was made inside, how she was prayed for on countless times, how people tried to deliver her from kind of her sexual identity, the, the constant striving to repress sexual feelings and the damage that did to her physical and mental health was again earth-shattering. And I guess for me, this just began some questions that I can't really let go. What does it actually mean for us to be made in the image of God? You know, Libby Safra's words. 
your sexuality is what you are. And Christians like to separate out sex, se- sexuality from, from sexual practice. You know, it's not, your, um, it's not your orientation that matters, it's kind of what you're doing. But actually, I'm not sure that you can separate out the two in that way. As soon as you say what you do is wrong when it comes to sexuality, it's very hard not to be saying what you are is wrong. And so that leaves me with a very, very big question. Did God get it wrong? You know, oh, God made a mistake with all these people that feel that way. And actually, I don't believe in a God that makes that sort of mistake. And I find that hugely, hugely challenging. What hope is there if God got it wrong for us or for people that are struggling with those issues? And, kind of, and so kind of that is where my journey begins but as I thought about these issues and wanted to think about them for my study leave, it kind of made it clear that there are connections with so many other big issues. It came out in that Libby Safari um, kind of um, programme on the, on the radio. These touch on so many of the big issues of our age. Gender, race, colour, disability. In fact, almost any issue where people struggle with, with feeling that they are somehow less than others, or less than God made them to be. So kind of my whole purpose in my study leave was to explore these issues. Um, and I have to say, not from a greatly deep theological position, I just really wanted to have the chance to spend time with people and to hear their stories, um, and I would say categorically in a non-judgmental way, to try and understand how they made sense of their lives and how they were wired and, and how they related to God if they were Christians and not all of them were. Um, and out of that, because kind of I have this kind of... I, I guess this whole, there's this whole thing about people being seen for me, people being recognised for who they are, and kind of partly with my passion for photography, the natural response was to want to make portraits of those people that somehow enabled them to be seen if they were kind of happy to go from the conversation to the photograph. That's been the hardest bit, really. So now where we are, three months later, a lot of conversations, um, some incredibly vulnerable moments where people have been willing to be really honest with me and it is totally inappropriate for me to talk about those. They're personal, private conversations and I'm really grateful for the time and the vulnerability that people gave me. People told me things that they'd never told other people and I have to say I count that just the greatest privilege. There's something like 25,000 words of research written down that I don't know quite what I do with yet. Um, and a bit of a realisation, and, and you probably, if you know me at all, you will know this is the case. I am absolutely lousy at time management. Um, kind of, I, I have a real issue about trying to work out what I can fit into any given period of time. I always think I can get much more into any given period of time than I really can um, in reality. Um, and so the realisation that what I thought was a three-month project is actually a much longer project that has probably no end, although the study leave obviously does. Um, And it also feels like, rather than finding answers, what I seem to find are more questions. Um, My my, my daughter is very good for slapping my knuckles and saying, Dad, you've got to focus. But it is very easy for me to find myself chasing off down 
rabbit warrens. Um, but actually, some of those rabbit warrens are incredibly significant. You know, as, I, as my study leave was coming to an end, the Lambeth Conference was going on. Um, and Justin Welby, who's been desperately trying to hold the Church of England together, um, talked about the, the, the Church of England's statement about belief um, in terms of sexual ethics being the same and not changing. And it was just a def, desperately divisive thing to say, but it was a thing he probably had to say. Because within the Church of England, as, probably, as probably it is typically within this church family here today, there were those that would hold very, very conservative views about sexuality, and there were those that would hold very, very open views about sexuality. And if I'm honest, I'm somewhere probably in the middle and, ve- and moving. Um, I don't know, yeah, it's a, my journey is a bit like Abraham's journey. I d- I'm on it, I don't quite know where it takes me. Um, and I don't know quite know, even know how far I am down that journey. But, but the kind of the response to his, uh, his uh, seeming attempt to hold the church thing together was quite sharp. Sandy Toxtiff came out and wrote an open letter about it and challenged him. And, and then this, this debate went on on Twitter. And, you know, you could, you could sit and write another 3,000 words just about that kind of debate, you know. It's like, how long is a bit of string and how much can you write about this and how much can you think about it? Because there are just so many issues that we are constantly living with and are constantly coming up and we're having to try and make sense with. But this project, more than anything else, has made me aware of my own journey and, to some degree, my own issues of identity. I've already alluded to it. My own identity is tied up in what, as I believe, as a Christian. The part of the church that I've grown up in. The part of the church that I consider to be home. I, if, you know, if someone said to me, well, kind of, where do you fit? Uh, yeah, and if you're not used to church and I'm using language you don't understand, please forgive me. Um, but I would say, well, yeah, I would describe myself as an, as an evangelical. I believe that you know, we are reconciled to God by what Jesus did on the cross. He paid there for our sins. Um, I believe in the authority of God's word and the need to try and live by what God says in his words. And the other word I would use to describe myself is charismatic. I believe in the power and the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And traditionally, that part of the church to which I belong has been very black and white about sex and sexuality. Um, And so living with these questions actually asks me a question of, who am I? And, and, and where do I belong? Um, my friends that are church leaders share the same values. Kind of daring to think differently about these issues leaves me feeling, well, actually, do I become rootless? A bit like Abraham talking about leaving behind his father's household. There's an element of, am I leaving behind the only household I've ever known. Um, some of you would have heard me talk about this before. Um, I, I, this isn't a great analogy. I apologise for it. If I had a better one, I'd use it. And if you can suggest a better one, I'd love it. I've described, described the tension in my life as like living with two bookends. I'm not sure it's a good picture, but it is the best one I've got. At one end, believing passionately we are all made in God's image and believing that God does not make mistakes. Male, female, black, white, gay, heterosexual, believe we're made in God's image. 
And when I hear stories like Libby Safra's, I have to respect that depth of feeling about his identity, of how he is made. I don't understand it, but I can't deny it. I'm intentionally talking about a celebrity, not people we know, because that's not fair. Um, it, it just helps to reference someone we don't know personally. And then there's the other bookend. If I believe in the authority of, script, of God's word, of scripture, how do I make sense of the prohibitions around sexuality that are in the Bible, Old Testament, Leviticus, New Testament, Romans, but in other places too? And if I'm honest, it's not something I can easily do. That's why I describe it as bookends. I have a lot of things in between because when I try and put those two things together, I find they don't fit. I end up living with these two identical tensions in my life. I don't find that easy. And as soon as I say that, I know that for some of you that are struggling with your identity, even just saying, I struggle with what God says about the prohibitions may be really quite difficult for you to cope with. For others of you, the very fact that I'm raising questions about that and you are saying, but this is what God says, you're probably finding that equally difficult. I'm aware probably what I'm saying is an uncomfortable message for almost everybody in the room. And I cannot honestly tell you, it's actually a very uncomfortable thing to live with because you're pulled in two directions. But if I, if I didn't tell you that, I would not be honest. It feels like there's a gap in between. Questioning the prohibitions is questioning my own identity for what it means for me to believe in Scripture, where I fit into the church. Um, but even more, I'm even more driven to believe that I can't, deny someone's God-given identity or say that they are in some way less um, than others. So it really does feel like I'm on a journey. I know where it began. I can be really quite clear about that. Um, I don't even know quite where I am on that journey but I, and I don't know where that journey will finish for me. Um, and I suspect we may all be on different journeys. Our reading was all about Abraham's journey. God's call to him to leave his home and to go to a place that would, that would become a new home and his inheritance. Go from your country, your people, your, your, and, your, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And it feels a little bit to me like that's what I'm being called to. That, you know, speaking personally, I feel I'm being called out of what I knew. I'm no, no longer sure I fit with what I was or what I am. And at first sight, Abraham's journey sounds straightforward. So Abraham went, gap, 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 end of the verse, and they set out to the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if our journeys were as straightforward as that, whatever the journey we might be on in our life at the time. But actually the writer of the Hebrews puts it in a different way. When he talks about faith, he says, by faith, Abraham was called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know 
where he was going. So actually it wasn't quite as straightforward and easy for Abraham um, as we might think it is or we would really love it to be for us because most of us are much more comfortable with black and white than we are living with grey. Abraham didn't know where he was going but he obeyed. And in many ways that sums up I think the difficulties of the time in which we live. Many of us feel that it can be a description of our lives at this time. We don't know where we're going, but we're just trying to obey. We're trying to follow God in it. It certainly describes where I am. I feel drawn out of what I know, of what is familiar, of where I feel I used to belong, where I feel secure. It takes me into a place of vulnerability, and I don't know where I end up. But what I do know is that I feel compelled to welcome everyone God brings, whether male or female, black or white, gay or heterosexual or trans, to welcome and to welcome without strings. No, oh, you can come along, but you can't do this. To welcome without strings and to welcome without commendation. Um, there should be a really nice, neat end to this talk, but there isn't one. And there isn't one because actually I'm not the, the end of a, the journey. I don't quite know where this takes me even now. Um, I have a sense of where it might, and there's part of me probably that wants to shy away from where it might take me um, because it's the unknown. So there's not a neat ending because the journey isn't over. Not for me. Um, And I suspect there are different journeys in your lives. It may not be this one at all. You may be struggling with your journey for a variety of different reasons. And you may be struggling that you don't know where it takes you. And actually that's all right. Kind of that's part of the biblical story. God takes us on journeys to places that he knows, but we're yet to discover One of the things I've, I wasn't going to say this, one of the things I've always loved about St. Matt's is the fact that we aren't identical, that we're all different. Um, and even before kind of I spoke about my journey or I've been public about it, I've just been aware that I live in a church where you probably have the broadest possible spectrum of views about so many of these issues. And yet somehow we managed to live together with those views. And for me, that's one of the really precious things about this place. That there are people that would be utterly biblical orthodox about these views and others that would be open to all sorts of possibilities and living out those possibilities. And I love that. And I love the way that for the most part, sometimes it rubs a bit uncomfortably, for the most part we can do that in love Um, and more than anything else I would want us to be able to join together I don't want this to be a place of either or you can if you're this or you can if you're that it's got to be one way or the other I would want this to be a place of both and where we can be who we are and live it out and also love and respect those that might see things differently to us 
And I hope in the midst of that, there's generosity to cope with a vicar that knows he's on a journey and doesn't necessarily have all the answers as to where he might go and might go to a place that you might not want personally to join him in. Let's pray. Actually, can I ask you girls to come up and pray? Sorry to bounce that onto you. Lord God, I just ask that you would um, enable us to hear what has been said and not to um, have misheard what's been said. And to take what's been said and to, to weigh and to wait and to, to listen for you and for what you're saying. And I pray for grace as we come from different places. Grace for each other. Grace for different people's needs. For sensitivity. And that above all, Lord, there would be love. That we would be a place where we are accepted and loved. where no one has to feel that they uh, are vulgar or the worst person on earth. And Lord, we have so many questions and we don't know the answers to. And so we, we just ask that each one of us would just come before you and just seek your face with open hearts and open minds and that you would take us on the journey that you're taking us on Amen Yeah Lord I just ask that you would be with each one of us Lord in, in our questions and in our struggles Lord in whatever journey that we're on at the moment and Lord, would you help us as a church to um, just to be able to talk to each other, Lord, to be able to share in a loving way, Lord. And as Carol said, give us grace, Lord, and give us your love, Lord. We, we can't love on our own. We need you to help us, Lord. And we just pray that you'd fill each one of us up with your um, unconditional, uh, amazing love, Lord, for each other and for you. Lord, would you just be with us as we wrestle with these really tough issues. But Lord, keep reminding us that you are still God and that you love each one of us. Amen. And Dedo's going to come and pray for us now. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and found it useful. Don't forget you can find out more about St Matt's Church on our website www.stmattschurch.org.uk Our Sunday morning services are streamed live on our Facebook page and also on YouTube at 10am every Sunday. You can find our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash We look forward to welcoming you to one of our services or podcasts soon.
bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace Go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you, He is with you in the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and rejoicing. He is for you, He is for you. Oh. Uh-huh. 